You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. I have a lot of quarterback talk here for you today. I'm joined by J.P. Finley from NBC Sports Washington and the host of the Redskins Talk podcast. We talk a lot about Dwayne Haskins and the future. And then it's time for my observations with more quarterback talk as well as some information on Bill Callahan and the trade deadline. But first, my conversation with NBC Sports Washington's J.P. Finley. All right, well, I'm here with J.P. Finley from NBC Sports Washington, host of the Redskins Talk podcast. We're talking quarterbacks here, and you know now there's, I don't know if there's a decision to make, and maybe there is. Do you think there is a decision to make at that position if Case Keenum, even let's say he's healthy? Right. I don't know because it's, it's obvious that Dwayne's not ready yet, but what gets him ready? Right. Not playing? I mean, if they were... They're one and seven, right? Like, you're not playing for anything this year. If they were even kind of, if they were three and four or, or, or struggling but kind of competitive, I think it's a different situation. But I think with Haskins, you got to let him start at some point. Like, he's got to be gonna, the starter at some point. I just, I kind of don't know what they're waiting for. Unless we take Callahan and O'Connell at their word when they talked about. That last week or two weeks ago, yeah. when they said like he's really starting to understand the the intensity of preparation, right? And so maybe a couple more weeks of that intense preparation, and we know that they're getting him more practice work. Maybe it does still point to the Jets coming out of the box, right? And you know the one thing I wonder about with him too is that you talk about the intensity of preparation going into those games, and and it's not going the way he wanted to. It's he's a rookie. Let's not. You can't go overboard on this, but right. sometimes it doesn't go the way you want to. There's a, and I'm not saying he came in there with that he needed to be humble per se, but it is humbling, and it does it does force you to say, oh, this is really hard. Right. Maybe I do need to up my game sure. in those areas. Well, and you got to think some of that happened when he went in in the Giants. Correct. Game, right. I definitely. And, think. and I think because I, I talked to him after that Vikings game. I right. know you did. Right. The kid was gutted. Yeah. I mean, he was he was he was disappointed. I think in not being able to be the player he is, right? right? And, and I believe it will fuel him. He seems like that kind of person. Like he's not like an outwardly emotional dude, but he seems like an emotional dude. He he, he, he does. He seems. I think he's used to something more than this, right? Because even at Ohio State when he went, he did not struggle. Now the schedule's different. You're right. Not facing the Vikings on the road in those situations, but he's used to success when he does go in. Right. And I think that's got to be the hard part. Then, but I think it's actually probably a good thing for him because if there were questions about not so much, 
I don't, I don't, I never heard that he was like lazy, nothing like that. Right. But I think that you have to learn people at an jump, NFL level. Totally. People jump to such conclusions right. with the reports, even about his readiness. Like, right. at, at least me personally, never once has there been. I don't think he can comprehend the play. Like, pe- like the the people just run to the edge of these conversations where the reality is likely somewhere in the middle. Correct. Um, He's 22. Right. Well, here's the other thing I'm thinking. Just thinking this through. They do have a a pretty decent break after the Thursday night game before the Buffalo game. But what we saw when they fired Jay, you and I both know that decision was made probably after the Bears game. I think and then, it was and, after the opener, but <laughs> yes. And then certainly after the Giants game. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. we both when, we were ready for that. When Gruden left that locker room, he was a dead man walking. Like, everybody, right. you could see it in his eyes. Stories everybody were knew. written. Right. But, yeah, stories were definitely, I was, we right. both had a story up right. within two minutes yes, of the news, yes. right? Um, <laughs> two of them. But they, they waited to get rid of Jay till after the Pats. So it put the new guy in position Correct. to get a win. Correct. It, it put they put Bill in a position to succeed as moderate <laughs> as we'll call success. Right. right. Maybe they want to do the same with Dwayne, and it's not on the road in Buffalo against a surging Bills defense. Correct. It's a week after the bye week against the Jets at home. Well, and look at the times he's gone into these games. And again, we're not. I don't want neither one of us are going to sit here and make excuses for him. But you do have to be right. realistic about the situation. You come in on the road down against the Giants. You come in on the road down against the Vikings. You know, Giants are not a good team. This was a tough spot yeah. for a kid to come in right. and play. So, I, and but they I, were moving the ball. It, yeah, they were like, doing well. The pass he threw to Peterson never should have been thrown. I no, mean. no, it shouldn't have been. But you know, the funny thing, and he's in on that one, shouldn't have been thrown. Should have been thrown elsewhere. But the defender's coming from the other side. He actually put it away from the defender. So the, th- the throw itself, the decision wasn't great. Right. But the throw itself was like, oh, that's, a, that's actually right. good arm talent. Right. But just make a quicker. Right. Well, and, I mean, to me, there was, there was one sack. He, he got hit pretty hard. And it's just, it's so obvious that the speed of the NFL is just, mm-hmm. takes getting used it's to it. Right. And I also, because, and I know we, you know, Back when the whole thing about the first team reps, that was a big deal. Um, for some outside here, most backup quarterbacks do not get those right. reps. But I think this kid probably needs them. And after being around him more, I think he just feels better going into a game totally. if he gets them. I, I, at some point, they have to name him QB1 right. and let him be that guy. Give him all the work. <clears throat> right. I, I don't think they'll do it for Buffalo. I don't think they will. Especially if Case is ready, right. he's going to go in. The, if Case is cleared from the concussion protocol, I, I think he gets the job. Right. But, dude, here's the other part of this. And I said this on our pregame show. I wasn't surprised to see Haskins tonight. Keenum's dealing with the shoulder. He's dealing right. with the foot. And did you see his hand? I did not. I, I wonder – and this was last week. I'm not, I, we didn't see right. him tonight. He was in the protocol. You don't, right. I don't, I, he might have left. I didn't even see him. I didn't see him. But um, – Ball security was a real problem. I think that hand might have been giving him some trouble. Because the, on that fumble, it wasn't hit that hard. Right. So, But he's got to do a better job protecting it, but it wasn't hit that so, hard. So if that's but he's, be, I mean, the guy's beat up. He is beat and up. And it's not like he's playing that well. You know what I mean? So I, I think maybe this makes sense. I, what I don't think, 
Whatever they're doing to Colt McCoy makes no sense. No. Well, I, I think what they're doing is they're not going to play him at hell, come hell or high water. Right. And the funny thing is, like, you still hear from guys, and I'm not going to say it's unanimous. Nothing's unanimous because none of these quarterbacks have deserved right. unanimity. But a lot of, there are guys in that locker room who would like him to play sure. because they feel he is, of these three, the best chance to win. He gives them the best chance. Because, and that's fans want to scream about winning doesn't matter at one and seven, right? It matters to but them. But to the players, it matters. You know who it matters to? Bill Callahan, who's auditioning well, for his job, Kevin O'Connell. Well, here's the other thing. I think it matters because if you want to restore something, winning accompanies restoration. So if you want to set a pattern of, you're working a certain way. You're playing a certain way. You want to win because if you totally. don't. Because here's the thing: if this team goes one in fifteen, it doesn't. You know, it's not. It means they're even further away than we thought. It means right. that they missed on a lot of guys. Right. And and it's you can't preach accountability and intensity because if the guys don't if if you don't win, you're not going to buy. You're Correct. not going to get buy-in on that. No. Or whatever buy-in you have, you will lose. The other thing is, if you want to entice a coach, what's what's the better way to do it? With a team that plays well at the end, you say, "Oh, you know what? They're playing hard. You get right. them to play this way. Maybe right. something can happen." Yeah. So I think that's that's a big part of it too. But I think it does start. But it is funny what they're doing with 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 Colt. And but I also wonder, like with Dwayne, how does he respond to this again during the week in practice? Does he come out with a different, you know, and you know, you've heard from I've heard from people the last couple of weeks that he, there's a different energy about him sure. since the change. And, and I think some of that, like I think for Callahan and O'Connell to say that on the podium, they're kind of want like for Bill. It's important for him to kind of be promoting Correct. Dwayne, right? Right. But when they tell us that, when we don't have microphones in our because you and I both have a ton of conversations right. over there that right. aren't on Correct. TV or podcasts or whatever, and, and you are hearing that, that it's – so we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. So, anyway, that's it. We'll see what happens. Thanks, JP. If you made it this far. I owe you a glass of Pinot. The Pinot. <laughs> <laughs> After this break, I'll be back with more quarterback talk as part of my five observations. Okay, now it's time for my observations. I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about the Vikings game. That's over and done with. It's a long time ago now. Let's talk some big picture stuff. But I will play off that Vikings game for number one and for the first couple. Dwayne Haskins, how do you respond to this? The best quarterbacks I've been around, when they throw a pick in a game, they come back strong. If you have a bad game, all eyes on the team are on you. That's why body language matters. Everyone pays attention to how a quarterback handles adversity more than any other spot. When guys go to scout college games, they'll keep binoculars on the quarterback as he goes to the sideline to see how he acts, see how he interacts with the coach right away. How is he after big plays, bad plays? What's the body language? It all matters in the evaluation. Whoever comes to coach here next, part of the lure must be Haskins, but he has to give them a reason to believe in him. And it's not just by how he plays. It'll be by how he responds to situations such as these when he's coming off another bad outing or when he's not in the game or when he's not the starter. What is he doing on the sidelines? What is he doing in practice? How is he in the meeting rooms? Every single thing is on display. There is no guarantee he will be the starter beyond an initial eventual run. Interim coach Bill Callahan didn't have an issue with how Haskins was after the game. Cal, you know, 
Haskins was so quiet, to be honest, in the in the post press in the press conference interview room, it was I, I I was standing about six seven feet away, and it was hard to hear him. Is that bad? I don't know. We don't have enough experience with Haskins to, in these situations. It's a young kid who didn't have a good game, and his team lost. I get it. As Callahan said, he wears his emotions on his sleeve. There's nothing wrong with that. He isn't a robot and doesn't have to act like one. Could this be something that changes over time? What he puts on display after loss? Yeah, maybe. Let's see. I do think you want to project a more, maybe more resolve or whatever after game um, than that. Let's see how it develops. That's just my own personal opinion. Doesn't mean it's right or wrong. Number two, the response has to be, has to be, show up earlier than you have been. Work harder than you have been. It's not just about showing up at a certain time. It's about diving into it at that time. I'm not making a comment what he's done in the past. I'm just talking about what he must do now. When Kirk Cousins was in D.C., and I know he's... People don't like to hear about him, but I want to point him out for a minute. We would always see him sitting around watching film as we were walking past him going into the locker room for interviews. Cousin was a fourth-round rookie behind RG3, so no one was going in there to talk to him. He knew that, so he would stay out on the couches and study the playbook. That's why he has done what he's done. He has attacked the process. I don't think it's a bad thing that Haskins has struggled. It's not because I feel he was arrogant or cocky. I've enjoyed my interactions with him, and by all accounts, teammates like him. But this is the first time he's endured such a struggle. It's okay. Jay Gruden once said no one was going to play just because they were a first-round pick. Well, at some point, he will play because he is a first-round pick. But if Haskins truly means he wants to be one of the greats, then he will start to attack the process at a deeper level. Guys often get to the NFL and think they've been working a certain way, and that's the way you always work, and then get here and realize, oh, you have to take it up to another level. He needs to improve. He also needs to win over teammates who feel that either Case Keenum or Colt McCoy are the guys who should now be playing. And when you ask, those are the names they'll say. I definitely know some who still believe that McCoy is the best guy on the roster to start. Right or wrong, you you don't have to like it. That's just how they feel. They're in there. Haskins will need to impress the next coach. It is way, way too early to write this kid off. Every time I talk to someone who knows the OSU coaches pretty well, they, they relay the same thing to me. Those coaches believe in the kid. They also knew it would take him some time. He has not been put into good situations in his first two outings at all, the Giants game or the Vikings game. He came in on the road with his team trailing. He is a guy that needs to have a lot of things go right for him. He can't have the game be put on his shoulders, and that's kind of what was going on. But he didn't help himself. You can't just use where he was put in as an excuse. Other quarterbacks have gone into those spots and played well. I'm guessing that Gardner Minshew didn't get a lot of first-team reps, maybe maybe a couple, I don't know, until he became the starter in Jacksonville. I know Baker Mayfield didn't. I know Lamar Jackson didn't. But if you think Haskins is far away, as they did, and he's your number two, then you better make sure he's damn well prepared when he enters. Number three, one thing I picked up after the game in talking to Haskins that he said the game that the game he felt more ready for than any other this season was the 49ers game. Why? Because they gave him more reps during the week. Now, I know for the coaches it's about way more than that in terms of what they want to see from him, but it does speak to how different players learn and feel comfortable. And if he feels better having gotten those reps, then find a way to get him more. The problem is he's someone who's still learning to process things at an NFL level, and he needs to see a lot of things. However, he also needs to help he also needs to help himself. The interception was bad. 
That was an inaccuracy issue, and that's something that has bothered the coaches since camp. The confusion out of the huddle was bad. That's not about failing to get reps necessarily. Make no mistake, this is a shared responsibility. Those who want to just blame the coaches for where he's at, it's just not accurate. He's a 14, he's, he's got 14 games under his belt, and he's a pocket passer. That's hard. But they can do more. The coaches can do more. And if this is how he feels better this way, this is the way then to help him. It doesn't mean he'll go out there and play well, but you need him confident going into the game. You need him engaged more. That would help. He needs to give them a reason to believe he's ready. Yes. Keep in mind, they're in meeting rooms with him and seeing everything he does in practice. At this point, if I'm the Redskins, I'm giving him those extra reps every day as part of whatever package you run with him in the game. We're talking Operation Haskins here. I also know that you can give them a series of plays. It doesn't mean they're going to play out that way. There are adjustments the quarterback must make to any play based off pre-snap reads or post-snap reads. For example, you can call a certain route concept, but if the coverage changes, those routes change or the progression changes. That's why he must be proficient in those areas. That's why as a pocket passer, it's really difficult to only have 14 games under your belt and then come in the NFL and succeed. That's why they keep saying patience, 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 and they still say that. Keep in mind, though, that the goal here is to fully evaluate every player at this point. If you put a quarterback in that you don't think is ready, it's then real hard to fully evaluate anyone. So they now have to do what, so they now do have to do extra to get Haskins ready. I hope that made sense. Number four, on to some other stuff. The Redskins might only win a couple more games this season, but I do think they will reestablish a few things about the sort of culture they want in the locker room. It's separate from the rest of the building. Keep that in mind, though. That stuff always seems to find its way downstairs. Players like discipline and structure, and that's a Callahan strength. Whether he's a good head coach or not isn't the point. He's, he's probably not going to get the job. It certainly doesn't look at it at this point. But he has provided this. As one staffer told me, no one is coming late to meetings or practices anymore. Also, my understanding is that the scouts are watching practices and giving Callahan notes on what they see from players. And he's taking it all in. That's also impressed some people there. That's, that's, about, that's about being able to better evaluate your players, getting on the same page with what you're seeing from the scouts. And, and I think that's all good. Again, that's not to say he's going to be the next head coach but it's about what he's providing now as a coach. It's really, really, really hard to come in midseason and put in a different sort of program and expectations and then have it pay off right away. I just think that's really hard. The time to do that is in the offseason. But um, I think it's the right approach. And my guess is that after Jay Gruden, they're going to want someone who has more of Callahan's approach. Lastly, number five, the trade deadline is Tuesday, so let's spend a minute talking about this. They clearly don't want to trade Trent Williams, and I've been told since August that the best time in their eyes to trade him would be in the offseason. Why? Because teams can compare him to what's out there in free agency and the draft, and they'll also know what they're going to be giving up. I highly doubt, based on what I've heard, I highly doubt the Browns would give up a first-round pick for Williams now, not knowing where they'll be picking also, there's so many unknowns about Williams, the, the money he wants in the future, um, the, the shape he's in now, the, the condition of his, of his scalp and all that after the surgery. He hasn't put on a helmet since December. He hasn't played since December. So a lot of these other guys getting traded now, they're all playing. They're, not, they're in football shape. Williams would take a little bit of time. I think that limits a little bit of his trade market value. 
Um, I think the assumption that any team trading for him now would give up a first-round pick, I don't think that's accurate. But I also think it's negligent on the Redskins' part to at least not to listen to offers. And yes, let me back up for a minute. If you're if the best, if the only question you should ever ask is what's the best thing for the franchise? If the best thing is trading Williams in January, February, why on earth wouldn't you listen to teams now? You don't know if you don't know what they're going to offer. How do you know what you're turning down, or if you're going to get something better in the off season? So you don't have to take the offer now, but to not listen to the offer to me is negligent. And yes, I would start to trade off other veterans now, especially if they have no plans here for the future. That means a guy like corner Josh Norman, though his $12 million base salary next year makes it tough, as does his play. So they probably, so he might, so like a lot of these guys, he might just be a one-year rental. Clearing off his deal, though, in the offseason will help. I don't see them trading Ryan Kerrigan, and they have reportedly told teams that they wouldn't. One person, knows who, one person who knows a thing or two about this organization predicted to me recently they'd probably sign him to an extension in the offseason. I don't know if that's going to happen, but if that's the case, I definitely still look for a young outside linebacker in the draft. Hello, Chase Young. And use Kerrigan as a situational rusher. Others you could look to trade? Receiver Paul Richardson. I think that'll be tough, but he's a vet who I don't know that he plans. I don't know that there's a lot of plans for him here, here in the future. Adrian Peterson. He's looked pretty good the last few weeks. Maybe you could get something for him, especially with Darius Geis returning soon. They also have Bryce Love for next year. Regardless, the Redskins need to start collecting assets, not just to rebuild their roster, but to provide flexibility in the draft, allowing them to move up, for example, um, and to entice new coach. And those, the moving up, I would try and get some picks for 2021 as well, if possible, to give you more ammo. And let's say you put in Haskins next year and you give him that year and you realize at the end that it's just not going to happen. Then I think you're going to want to have the flexibility to move up in the draft in 2021 to maybe get another quarterback. I think it also would entice a new coach. The job is not an enticing one at all right now. Having more assets would definitely help. Okay, that's it for me. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you to J.P. Finley from NBC Sports Washington and the Redskins Talk podcast for joining me. As always, 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 thank you for listening.